58. Let's read that together. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not in vain. Praise God for his word for the people of God. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Amen. I want to mention a couple of things before I get started. After church next Sunday, we're going to have our yearly state of the church. So we'll take about a half hour after church to talk about where we are and, you know, the vision and the finances and all those kinds of things to have a summary and an update for the state of the church over the last year. Amen? So if you'd like to stay for a little while and partake of that, please, uh, please do so. Uh, this Wednesday night, we have what we call a net meeting. A net meeting, if you can imagine a net, a fishing net, that's when we're supposed to be coming together. Amen? As a church, and we're asking especially all the small groups to come together to Wednesday night. Amen? So small group leaders, make sure you emphasize with all your members that y'all are going to sit together and, and uh, bring your families. And we're going to have a, uh, a service that won't take more than about an hour and 15 minutes. And it starts at 7 p.m. Amen? 7 p.m. Wednesday night. You, all, everybody's invited. And... Uh, we want to be here for a midweek service. And uh, help us to, uh, small group leaders, also help us to sign up people for uh, our prayer walks. Uh, it's a prayer walk coming up March the 21st at 9 a.m. That's the prayer walk that leads up to Easter. Amen. So we want to visit a thousand homes in our mission field. You know, we have a mission field, right? Uh, you know, for folks that within a 15, 20-minute drive of this church, that's our mission field. And so we're visiting a portion, a section of our vi mission field. And uh, it's not an aggressive campaign. We don't knock on doors. We just go and we pray for and uh, we extend the invitation to those households. Amen? So let's, uh, let's uh, prepare to do that. Sign up early. Also sign up for baptism. They are taking place the 22nd at 8.30 a.m. here at the church. Amen. And we'll also christen babies and baptize adults. If you'd like to be rebaptized, that's fine, too. Amen. Maybe you were baptized at an age where you were not cognizant. You were not aware of what you were committing to. So uh, you can redo it if you like. Just for, just for, the, uh, for the matter of, look, I want to do this with a spirit of conviction. Amen. A spirit of conviction, a spirit of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, loyalty and allegiance. And I want to understand the vows that I'm taking. Amen. So baptism is important to the faith. And uh, we have a warm pool. Amen. And we don't care if you get outfitted in full swim gear. Amen. Uh, under that stuff. But, you know, if you want to put your caps on, all that kind of stuff. I know your ladies, y'all concerned about your hairdos and all that stuff. Amen. Do what you need to do. All right. We, we're a, continuing on the fourth uh, message in this series entitled Better Than Life. And with the emphasis on uh, better life. You know, how do, we, how do we do life better? Praise God. 
uh, what is it that God would require of us in order that we might experience this better life. Amen? Just a better life in him. Uh, Psalm 63.3, which is our primary text, it says, because your steadfast love is better than life. At the point that you can see that God's love and being in relationship with him is better than your pursuits. Amen? Because we're all pursuing something. Amen. It's better than your pursuits that are guided by your desires and the world's recommendations. That relationship with him is better than the life of my choosing. That I would rather choose the life that God would lead me to live. And in that choice, I will experience a better life. Abundant life. Amen. And, and so it's important that we get our priorities in order and that we come out of the ruts that sometimes we're in. Can I get a witness in the house? When you're in a rut, you just, you know, like on a treadmill, walking but not going anywhere, uh, not gaining any, ter any turf or territory, just, just walking in place. I mean, that's fine for cardio, but we're not reaching the preferred destination. Amen, somebody. So, so we want to reach that destination. And... We don't want to just be spinning our wheels, bogged down. You know, anybody, anybody ever been bogged down and you're just spinning it and you're just digging a hole because you're in the mud. Your tires are just spinning and turning and you're not making, making any traction or any progress. Praise God. So God wants us to progress. Somebody say progress. And progress doesn't mean what the world defines it as. When we think about the world, the world defines process to excel, to exceed expectations, uh, to surpass, uh, to, uh, to outdo, or to be superior. But doesn't that sound competitive? You know, so, so, so basically I succeed through comparison and contrast. And unfortunately, comparison and contrast is not God's way. Hmm? Because if I compare myself to somebody else, I, I, if, if I'm using my rational uh, logic to achieve it, I'm going to always find somebody that I feel like I'm better than. And if you keep on looking, you're going to find somebody that you feel like you're less than. So we don't live our lives by comparison and contrast because it's, it produces inferiority or superiority, and both of them are a problem. God did not make us to be inferior, nor did he make us to feel, to feel like we're somehow superior. We're supposed to think better of others than we do of ourselves. Does that sound like superiority? Hmm? Nor does he want us to think that we're just nothing or nobody. He wants us to have a high estimation of ourselves in him because we're connected and related to him, because we're in relationship with him, praise God. We are special. We are significant. We are truly superlative in his sight because of a relationship with Christ. Praise God. So, so God doesn't want us to be so, you know, trying to be outstanding to the, to the extent that we sacrifice and compromise the faith. That's the, what the world would have us to do. The world would have us to move by its directives, 
its ways, its will, its word, its methods, its, its, uh, its philosophies, its opinions. You know, the pundits and the prognosticators would, would give us direction, the media shows, the television talk shows, they would give us direction. God has given us direction, and his direction is, is, is in the word of God. And the more word we get in us, the better we're going to be. Praise God. If you want to excel, if, we wanna, if you want to be at your best, you know, get into the word. Explore the word of God on a daily basis. It's low-hanging fruit now. You can just, you know, plug into a blog and hear a message. You can push a button and the Bible will be read to you in various versions. Praise God. It's low-hanging fruit. It's no excuse for us not to get a regimen in, you know, a, a, an installment of the word on a daily basis. It will strengthen us. It's, 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 it's spiritual food. It's, it's spiritual fuel. And we must be refueled and retooled if we're going to be about the Father's business and achieve God's best in us. Praise God. And, and so, so he wants us to move outside of this, you know, trying to excel, trying to surpass, trying to outdo, trying to be outstanding and superior. What he wants us to learn how to do is to transcend. Amen. Transcend this stuff, these things that we face, these circumstances and situations that we face. Praise God. He wants us to learn how to transcend this stuff. Amen. How to be in the world, but not really of the world. That doesn't mean we, we retreat from the world. Amen. We're not afraid of the world in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We've been given armament that prepares us, but if we review the armament, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the word, the helmet of salvation. Amen. Have your shoes sharp with the preparation of the gospel peace. Put on the belt of truth. You know, all of that's in the front. Ain't nothing in the back. Hmm? We're not running. You're you attackable when you're running. Amen. When you're going forward, aggressively moving forward in Christ, that's when you're ready. God would have us to forge forward, not to retreat, not to go backwards, not to be fearful, not to be afraid, not to be doubtful. God wants us to be full of faith. And the word of God says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Praise God. And we walk by faith, not by sight, the word of God says. So, so he wants us to understand that if we're going to live for him, you are not the star of your show. Let me say that one more time. You are not the star of your show. <laughs> mm -hmm. Somebody say, one monkey don't stop the show. Unless it's a mon one monkey show. <laughs> huh? So, so you're not the star. Jesus is the star. We should be pedestalizing him. He epitomizes everything we need and want and desire. Christ's likeness is what we're trying to achieve. Praise God. Through him, we can do it. Through him, we can achieve it. Through him, a lifelong of, of, of connection with him remakes us, reshapes us, refurbishes us, refuse us, praise God. And so, so we got to learn how 
uh, how to get into this place where we can stand firm. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable. That, that sounds like I'm standing my ground. Praise God. Always abounding. That's overflow. That's excess. Praise God. God wants to fill us to the brim where we're overflowing. Praise God. And so, so, so God has a journey for us to go on. And it's a high-level journey. It's not mediocre. It's not, you know, meandering in a maze of mediocrity. It's about being about Christ and excelling on his behalf. Praise God. The word says in, in Colossians 3.23 and 24, whatever you do, work heartily. Hmm? That's fervency. As for the Lord and not for men or women, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord. Hmm? So work ethic is about serving on behalf of our God. It's not, you know, slowing down. It's about engaging, praise God, because I'm working as if I'm working for God. So when I work, I work as if I'm working for God, so I, do, I work with excellence. You wonder, well, how do I live a better life? It's by investing yourself in this, in this life. Hmm? Energy, effort exerting energy, praise God, to the glory of God. And guess how God has built us? The more energy we, we, we exert, the stronger we get. Amen? The more I run, guess what? The more I'll be able to run. Now, there's a ceiling. There's, there's a capacity at, and to the extent to which I can, I can, you know, muscularize myself. Amen, somebody. You know, and, and, and so, 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 no. So, but, but isn't it something? The, the, the more we use this heart, the stronger this heart becomes. The more we use these muscles, the stronger these muscles become. Isn't that ironic? To expend energy, create strength. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of oxymoron when you think about it. You would think that expending energy makes you weaker. But expending energy makes you stronger. Praise God. And, 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 and let me tell you something. Service makes you stronger. Sacrifice makes you stronger. Volunteering makes you stronger. It doesn't make you weaker. Some folk think, well, I got all this stuff already on my plate, and I don't know how I can find any more energy. Well, you expend more energy, you'll receive more energy. That's why the word of God says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Because in giving, that's where the blessing and the benefit is achieved. Mm -hmm. But if you're measured in how you give, if you have not captured the spirit of generosity, you're not growing, you're not maturing, you're not moving forward. And God would have us move forward by using this inverted kind of formula to achieve his best in you. Praise God. So we stand firm. We remain faithful. And we are willing to sacrifice. We're fully sacrificing ourselves to achieve that higher level so that the miracle of multiplication can come into effect. Praise God. The miracle of seed time and harvest can happen. You sow seeds and guess what? That, that seed has immense power. And a small seed is a power to birth a tree. A magnificent, grandiose, fruitful, productive tree out of a dead seed. 
Life comes forth when placed in the proper environment. When we make ourselves a seed that God, when we decide I'm a seed from heaven, God meant for me to be planted. And when I plant myself in the soil of the kingdom of God, I will flourish. Amen. But if I don't plant myself in the right foundation, if I don't immerse myself in the word, will, and ways of my God, then I'm not transformed into a blessing. How do I receive a better life? Become a blessor. Be a blessing. Not just waiting to be blessed. Some of us are waiting on a blessing. Waiting on our ships to come in. And it will be many moons. Because we're doing nothing right now. God has a blessing for you, but not until you become a blessor. Hmm? Because God wants you to become a blessor. When, you, when you're a blessor, you're blessing others, and you're blessing the things of God. You're blessing the church. You're blessing. You're, you're being a blessor. And in the process of being a blessor, God wants his, the blessings to multiply. So when you contribute, when you invest, when you're generous, when you're giving to people, when you make margin room in your life to be a blessor, guess what happens? You know, you get blessings. Now God says, you know, I can trust that person with a little bit more. They're showing themselves fruitful and faithful, diligent and selfless. So I, I, I want to add to them. Supernaturally, I'll add to them because they can handle it. They can manage it properly. They're not going to just, just take it and use it for their own devices, their own purposes, their own designs. No, they, they have me in mind, so I have them in mind. And see, what God is trying to do is also allow his glory to get out there. When you become a blessor, guess what? Somebody else acknowledges that they've been blessed. And when somebody else becomes thankful, thankful to you first, and then thankful to God. You ever gave somebody something, and before they thanked you, they thanked Jesus? I'm like, wait a minute, why are you thanking Jesus before you, before you thank me? You know, <laughs> you know but, but that's what happens. It generates a blessing. It multiplies thankfulness. It multiplies gratitude. It multiplies appreciation. So God wants you to give hmm, and invest in, in, in people and bless people so that they can become a blessing to him. So that they can capture the spirit of thankfulness and it spreads the multiplication of the miracle of the blessing. And so now, you know, to use the world's term, I'm going to pay it forward. You've been a blessing to me. I'm going to bless somebody else. So God wants the world to change through our becoming blessors. And when I become a blessor, I then become a candidate to be a recipient of the, recipient of the blessing, and I create other blessors. When you bless the church, you bless the church to become a blesser. And when the church becomes a blesser, people give thanks, praise, honor, and glory to God for the power of the church to engage in the world to make a difference. Hmm? So, 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 you know, so when I become a blesser, people become thankful. People become appreciative. And people get closer to giving God glory. Hmm? So when I become a person that generates a blessing, praise God, then I'm a candidate to be a blessor, 
praise God, and to be blessed. Hmm? First, I got to learn to live where I am. Right where you are, you got to become a blesser. Before you get another other. We're waiting for another other to become a blessing. Well, when I get another job, or when I get another raise, or when I get another bonus, or when I get another increase, or when I get another relationship, when I overcome that bad relationship, that's when I'm going to start blessing. No, you got to decide, I'm going to be a blesser now. Now. You know? And, and you got to figure out, how do I sacrifice now? Praise God. How do I stand my ground now? Not after a while and by and by. You know, too much is given, much is required. And the, 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 the more you become a blesser, the more you make yourself a candidate to be a blessed, to receive a blessing. So why are you waiting to be a candidate to be a blessed, to receive a blessing? The time is now. So that means I got a value routine. I got to value the mundane and the repetitious. Mm -hmm. You say, well, wait a minute. Yeah, you got to stop complaining about stuff you got to do every day. Amen, somebody. You know, it's stuff we got to do every day. I'm so tired of cooking. <laughs> Praise God. I don't feel like going to work today. Well, you, you got to get up and go. Hmm? See, you know, somebody woke up this morning, I don't feel like going to church today. You know, they ain't going to miss me. God know my heart. I'm going to watch it on Facebook. Hey, Facebook folks. There's a song out that say, wake up and get yourself to church. Y'all heard that song? We're going we're gonna to play it. We're going to play it. Try to play it next Sunday. Wake up and get yourself to church, child. You got to begin to value the routine and value the mundane and value the repetitious. Hmm? Value it. You know, you, you go into the, value it. Whatever you got to do, value it. You know, you can tell the world trying to get out of routine and repetition. We send for everything. Uber Eats. <laughs> grocery delivery. We, we, try, we, don't, we don't even want to go to the store no more. Why I need to go to the store? Well, how about just to get out the house? Huh? How about that? How about to stretch your legs? Walk through the grocery store to get a little bit of exercise. How about, how about, how about that? How about making up some excuses as to why we might embrace the routine, the regular, the mundane, and the repetitious? Hmm? Because if I don't embrace it, I can't reach contentment. I'll always have something to be cynical about, negative about, something to complain about, something to feel like I got too much on my plate. Hmm? I got to get out of that mode so I can be at peace with God and be at peace with myself and be at peace with my circumstances. Hmm? You got to embrace it. Praise God. Embrace exactly where I am. Praise God. You know? And uh, 
So, so God wants us to become sowers and blessers. Hmm? So that I keep my faith whether I have highs or lows. Some of our faith so portable, we just lay our religion down whenever we get ready. You know, there's a song about I ain't going to lay my religion down, the old spiritual. You know, I ain't going to lay it down, but some of us got portable religion. You know, we pick it up and put it down, pick it up, pull it down. We bail out, bail, come in, come in, come out. God wants us to stay with him thick or thin, high or low, up or down, tragedy or triumph. Praise God. So, so, so when you have stick to itness, God honors that, and he moves you toward a better life. But if I'm inconsistent, infrequent, sporadic, then he don't ever really, ever, ever really know what he got. But be, to be consistent in the routine is important. You know? And then we need to learn how to recognize you know, situations, circumstances that are outside of our control. You know, that's my superpower. You want to know what one of my superpowers? You know, when somebody tell me something, I see something, I hear something, I know when it's outside of my control. And if it's outside of my control, I let it go. The coronavirus is outside of my control. You think I'm worried about a coronavirus? I mean, I, I can't do nothing about that. Amen. I know what's outside of so some of us fearful and fretful going on shopping spree. That's hard to get ready a little bit. But now we're just talking about the coronavirus and when it's coming out, well, you know, look, I'm so it's so dark and dismal. I'm I'm despairing. You know, some of us too busy to think about it. <laughs> but other others of us, we get preoccupied with the stuff that we can't control. You can't control a person. Why are you so preoccupied? Why are you focused on a person? And you can't control a person. Hmm? You can't remake a person. You can't change a person. All you can do is love and bless a person. You can't change a person. Hmm? And so our minds are preoccupied with people and things and places and circumstances and situations that we can't do anything about. That's a lot of wasted time and energy and space in our brains that we could get rid of. So God, say, God, give me discernment. So I can quickly assess what's outside of my control, and I can let it go. Hmm? I, I, I got this off and on switch. Hmm? I can turn that one off because that ain't on my radar. That's not within my purview. That's not under my authority. That's not within my control. I can turn that off. And then I can turn on the switch for everything that's within my purview, everything that I can control, everything that I can, you know, quantify and make a difference in. Amen, somebody. So, so, so God wants us quickly discern. That's what discernment, part of what discernment is, is understanding what's, what's under my control. You know, too often we're talking about stuff that we can't do nothing about. Like these elections. Go ahead and vote, but it ain't under con your control who becomes elected. It ain't in your purview. Why are you worried about it? Don't worry about it. Just do your part. But we spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about stuff, engaged in stuff that ain't under our purview. We're not the supervisor of elections. 
Why are you worried about whether it's fair or not? You will never be able to engage to determine its fairness. So why are you even contemplating that thought? Hmm? So we think about stuff. And then these 24-hour news channels, we spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about stuff they got going on. What's right, what's not wrong, what's not going right, that's not fair, that's, that's inequitable, that's in unjust. Listen, you can only deal with being just in your arena where you are. You putting way too much on your plate to be the arbiter of justice. Y'all know you got folk back then and you get there to yourself sometimes where I'm just too way too invested and involved. I'm spending way too much of my gray matter trying to figure out something that I can't do anything about. So say, God, just help me to have keen discernment. The moment something comes up that I can't do anything about, allow me to let it go, Lord God. Hmm? Too many of us bail out on the things of God and the church. We just run in the other direction when one little thing is not what we think it ought to be. And God told us the church ain't right all the time. He already told us the wheat and the tares, the weeds and the flowers are going to be in here together. He's going to come with his winnowing fan to make the separation. That's a good thing that some hypocrites up in here. That's a great, that's a beautiful thing. That's where we need to be. Praise God. But we're looking for perfect people. You walked up in here and jacked it up. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth in love. God wants us to recognize him, recognize the situations that are beyond our control, to, to not bail on the things of God, become, become fruitful, not frantic. Too often we're frantic when we ought to be fruitful. We, 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 we're not keeping our mind on the things of God. The way that somebody said, the way that you do a great deal is to keep do on doing a little. Some of us are overwhelmed by the magnitude of what we have to get done hmm? on your job and in your, in your in, just, just, just focus on the little thing you can do, not on the big picture. That's why the school word of God says, don't be anxious for tomorrow. You know, don't be anxious tomorrow. Yeah, plan for tomorrow, but don't be anxious for tomorrow. Don't live this day and do the little things in this day that you can do. Praise God. So do more, better. Hmm? So do more, better. So, so what I do is I do the little things to the best of my ability. I'm not worried about the big things as much. Just accomplishing a few little things will achieve great things. Praise God. So we want to excel in Christ. We want to have excess in Christ. We want to exceed in Christ. But it takes exerting energy for Christ. Hmm? A prayer life, for instance. Some folk just won't pray for nothing. You know, God say, seek me, come after me, come boldly to the throne, but we're not engaging in prayer. You know, we are what we repeatedly do. Did you hear me? We are what we repeatedly do. So if you're not praying, you don't become prayerful. If you're not praying, you're not engaging in increasing your faith. If you're not praying, you're not thankful and praiseful and worshipful. Hmm? If you develop a prayer life, praise God, if you come into the word of God 
then you can get better. And your best can become better, praise God. And we then can value us being better together as a community of believers. You have gifts and abilities and skills and so forth that God wants to co-opt to use to his glory. But we get so focused on our spheres of influence and where we are until we don't think about how we can be used by God. Hmm? So what we wind up doing, because we're not in the word and we're not prayerful, we wind up compromising. And we call it tolerance. You know, the world has a word for it. Just, just tolerate everything and anything, you know. That's compromise. Or we disobey, disobey and we call it freedom. I'm free. Or we're superstitious, and we call it faith. That ain't faith. That's pure D superstition. We have no self-control, and we call it, I'm just relaxing. Hmm? We're prayerless and godless, and we call it, I'm liberated. You're a slave. You're not free. So God wants us to have a cause that we're working for that aligns with his word, will, and ways. God wants us to prove, to evidence, to demonstrate that we're in love with him. Praise God. He wants us to come, come to him daily. Praise God. And to be concerned about the last, the least, the lost, the little, to the glory of Almighty God. When I think about it, I think about how, you know, the landscape has changed in my lifetime, the Christian landscape. They're saying now that only 23% of the population in the United States is religiously affiliated. I'm talking about affiliated Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Confucius, whatever it may be. I'm not just talking about Christian. Only 23%. And then those who are Christian, there are three categories. There's one, the cultural Christian. You know, that's, that's, that's the person that self-identifies as a Christian. That don't mean they're a Christian. They just say they're a Christian. And then you got the congregational Christian. That's the person that's in the congregation, but they live just like everybody else. That's, that's congregational. And then you got the convictional Christian. But, y'all, you know, you usually, usually we look at them like, y'all, you just too, way too holy. You know, like, and, and, and so they get tested and teased. God wants us to have conviction about this faith. Praise God. Not just self-identify. Well, I'm, I'm a Christian. It's not enough. What are you doing that means that you are a Christian? Are you reading and studying the Word of God? Are you praying? Are you serving in any capacity? Are you volunteering in some way that indicates that you're connected to the faith and the community of believers and pushing forward the agenda of building up the kingdom of God? So that's a ground shifting for us. So, so, so what happens is we become strong, not vanilla, little vanilla Christians fading out, or not, uh, not lukewarm Christians, but not, not drifting Christians, but Christians that are connected and committed and convicted to the glory of Almighty God, selfless. You want a better life? Connect with him. Not just on a vertical plane. That's the other thing. Some of us connect it this way, but we connect. We're not. We don't have a horizontal view of our connection with God. It's just about this way. 
What about, what are we doing here on this plane, on this spirit? I'm not aimless, hopefully. I'm not empty. I'm not futile in what I'm doing. I'm not useless in what I'm doing. I am moving toward connecting with my destiny on a high level. I'm moving toward being excellent in Christ. Praise God. I, I, I put my face in the book before I get, go to Facebook. Amen, somebody. So I put my face in the book, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, basic instruction before leaving earth. I put, my, I put my face in that book first before I span and, you know, the social media climate and check everything out, check my email. I put my face in the book, praise God. So, so, so God wants to discover the greatest giver, the greatest giver that ever walked the face of the planet was Jesus the Christ. And he wants us to become givers as well, generous as well, caretakers as well, caregivers as well, praise God, like him in mind and spirit and heart, facing our destinies and experiencing a powerful destination because of him. New birth. So I want to ask you today just a candid question. Have you been born again? I used to ask that question all the time. You know, that was just part of Viable or you know, evangelistic appeal. Have you been born again? Filled with the Spirit of God. Hmm? And some folks say, Well, I, yeah, I accepted Jesus Christ, I received Jesus Christ, but did you feel it? Was it a conviction that was heartfelt, passionate? You know, and, and let me let me let me challenge everybody in this house to make sure you've been born again. To go into what the Bible calls your secret closet. Seclude yourself. Steal away and call on God. And say to him, God, I want you more than anything else on the face of the planet. I want you more than sensations, thrills, frills. You know, I, I want you more than pleasure or things or possessions. I want you more than status or prestige or fame. In the name of Jesus, I want you first in my life. And at the point you believe that, at the point you pray that, God will come in and take up residence in you. He'll occupy you. Praise God. So the question is, are you occupied by Jesus? And it takes more than just visiting a church to get occupied. It takes a prayer life. It takes appealing to God. It takes a life of praise and worship. Praise God. When we cry out to God in that secret closet, I'll cry out to God. Have you cried out to God? We've been, we've been seeing uh, we've been seeing grown men cry lately. You know, with the Kobe Bryant funeral and big, strong, athletic, you know, iconic figures just breaking down. Word of God says that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. The knee bow is equivalent to crying. You're going to cry one day. Some going to make you cry, but it's better to cry after having cried out. Cried out to God. Brothers, don't be that strong, that indoctrinated, inculcated in this society where you think you're above crying out to God, you need to cry out to God. Touch me. Feel me. 
fill me up. Allow me to fill you, sisters and brothers. Have a heartfelt, passionate, fervent experience with God. Cry out to him. Then when you do cry, you can transcend it. You'll grieve, but grief won't take you out. You'll be in pain, but pain will not overwhelm you. You'll have difficult situations, but you'll still have joy. Cry out to God so that we can transcend. Transcend, go through, not be scared. Go through and not be, uh, you know, scathed or, or burnt by the fires of this world because the fire of God lives in me. And when the fire of God is alive in us, it overcomes the various fires of this world. It overcomes the fiery darts of the enemy because we have this shield of faith that allows us to protect ourselves from the enemy's infiltration and we can live then for God because the new birth has arrived. And when the new birth comes, guess what happens? I'm born from a different womb. We are then born from the same womb. The same womb. The womb of our God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The rebirth repositions us. And we are positioned then as God's children. We are claimed then as God's children. We are acknowledged then as children of God, children of the Most High God. And when we become truly the children of God, you don't have to be fretful. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be afraid, praise God, because God got you. Amen. So get to work. Challenge today is to get to work on behalf of our God. Get to work on behalf of our Savior. Get to work on behalf of our Deliverer. Get to work on behalf of the Messiah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace and the Mighty Counselor. Get to work. Work for him, praise God, and let him have his way in you. Let him use you to establish the quiet love and the grateful spirit that he wants to fill you with. Don't you stand all over the house? And as you stand, just begin to praise Him. Cry out to Him. Thank you, Lord. Cry out to Him. Let Him hear your big voice. Thank you, Lord. Somebody voice bigger than this mic. Just cry out to Him. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We magnify you. We lift you up. Because of your amazing, your amazing, your amazing, your amazing grace. We love you today. See, that amazing grace tells me that I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I will be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. I am not what I used to be. God is not finished with us. God is not finished with me. Praise God. I'm not what I ought to be. But I am not what I used to be to the glory of our man of God. So that causes me to praise him. Causes me to magnify him. Causes me to lift him up. Causes me to praise him. 
causes me to glorify him for he is worthy. Somebody shout thank you, Lord. I want to invite somebody to connect with this loving God that is <laughs> passing out passes to a better life. Distributing access passes. Praise God. That's putting marks on us, you know, invisible marks, but shining under the light of the kingdom. Amen. Back in the day, they put a little stamp on you. If you were going in Disney World or something, and you could, you could see the stamp under special light. Amen. God said, I want to stamp you. And, 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 and basically, when my light shines on you, I can see and identify that you are mine. You got the mark, the mark of a Christian, the mark of one who is faithful, one who is kind, and one who is gracious, and one who is generous, and one who is loving, and one who is sacrificial, my child, and I love you. I want to invite somebody to get connected with the kingdom, the church, the family of God, the fellowship of the redeemed, the community of believers. I invite you now to come, step out on faith, to come forward in his name. You may be new in our community, seeking a church home. We invite you to come. We invite you to decide. We invite you to choose. Come now. Don't hesitate. Don't procrastinate. Don't put this off. Come now in the mighty name of Jesus. Let him have his way in you today. Somebody say today. Somebody say today. Turn to somebody near you and say, I'll walk with you. Help me make this invitation. I'll walk with you. It's decision-making time. Time to move forth. Time to move out. Time to move forward in the name of Jesus the Christ. Decision-making time. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify you, God. We lift you high. Glorify you, God. We lift you high. We magnify you, God. For you are worthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We glorify, we glorify, we magnify your name. We lift your name.
praise Him, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Come on, sing it. 